Hello, ladies and gentlemen, we are back from vacation. And I know you're thinking, well, wait, aren't they every other Tuesday? Well, me and Krista said too much has happened. Too many shows have dropped. We've had season finales. Like we had to come back and drop an episode this week. And then we're going to drop one next week. So y'all gonna get back to backs, which you might not get a lot of news next week. You might get more discussions, more fan questions. So if you have that, send it in. But this is episode 67. I'm your host as always, Mr. Lennon Burton. Joining me, my anime talk brother, Mr. Chris SJE. How are you doing today, my friend? Man, I'm doing lovely, bro. Like I'm, at, I'm, I'm on a high right now. Like the past few weeks have been good as fuck. I've been binging anime. I feel like a weeb again. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I feel like I'm just, I'm knee deep into like what I was when I first, like you know what I'm saying. Remember whenever yeah. you first like started fucking with anime and like you first realized, like nigga, I'm not. I don't just fuck with anime. Like, I'm not just a fan, but I'm like, I fuck with this shit, fuck with this yeah. shit. Like, I've been watching random shit. Like, I've been on everything the past couple of weeks. Like, I've been, everything I do has low-key been surrounding anime, and I, I love it. I legit did my anime bender from, okay, when did I get back from Denver? I got back from Denver on, like, Sunday. No, I got back on Saturday. Saturday was just chill day. So Sunday through today has just been binging all of the stuff that I've had to manga chapters, shit I got to watch, shit I missed. But it feels good. Recharge, refresh, ready to get this anime content out to the people. And a lot of shit has happened, a lot of shit that we need to speak on, so let's not even delay any further. A lot. Like, a lot. Mm-hmm. Whew. Major shit, too. So let's start off with the... To me, I did this in, like, order of, like coolest news and i do that every week but this week specifically i went with like what i thought was the most important thing and the most important thing to me is the second uh 2021 issue of shueisha's shonen jump uh magazine revealed on monday that chainsaw man manga is getting a tv anime with mappa studios arguably studio of the year how do you feel about? I didn't think he was gonna have. I didn't think he was gonna have that as number one. Like that's my number one for sure. No, that's that's gotta be number one. I think that was one. skipping the line. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's it's definitely nuts. That's gotta be number one. That's huge news. Like I know I don't come on here and stand Chainsaw Man, but I'm a fan. Like I, it's not like Demon Snow. Like I'm a fan. I am a fan of Chainsaw Man. I'm just not caught up. And like this could we could talk about our, where it goes in our next story, but the fact that we're about to get an anime from the arguably the hottest studio this year who. I'll say had one miss. I'll say had one miss with God of High School. But other than that, they have two anime of the year ca- candidates and with Doro Hidoro and right. Jujutsu Kaisen. So it's like for them to get Chainsaw Man after seeing how they did JJK and Doro Hidoro. And Attack on Titan. Facts, Attack on Titan season four. But I'm just saying in terms of the aesthetic of Doro Hidoro and Jujutsu Kaisen specifically, that just screams Chainsaw Man to me. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm not going to lie, bro. I'm super hyped about this because I think it's undeniable right now. Like, fucking MAPPA, they like... They got to be studio of the year. year. They have Last year, it was arguable because I was saying you foldable because they did a great job with Demon Slayer, but it was still arguable because we got... I don't know who did uh, Mob Psycho. Was it I was MAPPA? saying Bones. It was Bones. No, I, Bones. Think it was Bo- I think it was Bones. And Bones did uh, My Hero last year, too. See, because, like, last year was debatable. This year... Nigga, Mappa taking them W's. And we could say they fumbled with the rock on God of High School. That's but I only think one. they really fumbled as far as just the pacing and 
how they how they delivered it. But as far as the animation goes, they like I can't lie, the fights in God of High School, that's what kept me watching it week to week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, Bones was definitely my studio of the year last year because they did Mob Psycho and uh My Hero. But yeah, no, this year it's my Apple man. Like I'm not even that W and they coming like, for 2021 too. Yeah, and it's it's not gonna even be like it's not gonna even be something where it's like, oh, we're waiting for the anime talk awards. Like there's some stuff that like we've tweeted, like, oh, we don't know who the hell is gonna get it. But like for studio of the year, it's pretty obvious. Like I don't think yeah, that's everything like, else is up. It's a toss-up, everything else. Like I think if you say anybody else other than Mappa, you're just trying to be that hipster cool person and, and just be like different. Uh, I think I think Studio Periot. I think <laughs> I think they had a great 2020. <laughs> I don't know what they did. I, let me not shit on Perry. I don't know what the fuck they did this year. Black Clover? I really don't know. I really don't know what they did. Oh, man. But this Chainsaw Man shit's going to be great. And speaking on that, yeah. we also got the news that it's not ending, which I know was big to a lot of Chainsaw Man's fans like yourself and myself. If the first part, the uh, public safety arc is now over, but... The mangaka will be coming back for a second part in the uh, Shonen Jump app, which is dope. This gives me, this goes back to our Bleach conversation. Well, our, um, hold on, let me not say Bleach. What is, what's, what the fuck is this shit called? Uh, what, the, the, the new thing, the, uh, Burn the Witch with the season, oh, the, 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 uh, the, the season releases. That's what this reminds me of. This shows me that Shonen Jump is going into a way of like, we're going to give you about seven months of straight gas, and then the mangaka's gonna leave for, like, three months and then come back with seven more, like, maybe maybe even more than three months. We don't know. But they're starting to do the season thing. Facts. And I'm not gonna lie. This one, and I gotta say this before, before I, 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 you know what I'm saying, before we wrap up, like, with the, with the, the, the anime talk, like, did you see the lead visual they're running with? Like, oh, the, yeah, no, the it looks good. It looked good. Bro, like, that shit, it looks so dark. It looks, like, dark as I expected it to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I really... This shit really screams like JJK vibes, but I hope it gets like super dark and grimy. But I'm not gonna even lie, bro. I feel all kind of different ways about this. Like, okay, I will say one thing about the manga of Chainsaw Man. That bitch is a roller coaster of emotions. And this past couple weeks with these announcements, it's been a roller coaster of emotions. So it's getting true to the source material. Cause like, bro, when they were like Chainsaw Man's ending, I'm not gonna spoil nothing. Cause I know you're not caught up. But I'm sitting there like the same way we were feeling about Demon Slayer. I'm like, how are they going to wrap this up? Like, it's it's going to be impossible for them to wrap this up like this. There's too many, to me, like open-ended shit that needs to be tied together. They It seemed like it was getting rushed through. But um, the way that it ended, like the way that the last chapter ended, right? It, it has me super, super, super curious, super confused. It has me super... Like I'm, I'm anticipating where it's gonna go with this. I have no clue. Like this is one of the ones where, like, usually I got some sort of speculation. I'm like, I think it's gonna go here. I think it's gonna go here. Right now, the closest thing I, I, I could imagine they're gonna do with Chainsaw Man Part Two is switch it up completely. Like new, new MC, mm. new everything. Like, uh, mm. like I, I feel like they're gonna switch the whole script. And then towards the end of Chainsaw Man Part Two, they're gonna, they're gonna bring Denji back in because I feel like. Like, I feel like whenever they said part one is ending, I thought the shit was going to end. And then when they said announcement, I was like, okay, they're going to announce the anime. But when they announced that part one is ending, I'm like, is part two going to be, like, is part one going to be referred to as part one and part two going to be referred to as Chainsaw Man part two? Or is it going to be its own thing that's like linked to Chainsaw Man, like kind of like a sequel series, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? I don't want to say spinoff, but like a spinoff that's attached to Chainsaw Man. I feel like the storytelling is nuts. That's interesting and I, because I you- shit that Fujimoto would do. And you know what's going on and me not knowing, I'm thinking like, oh, this is just a sequel. Like not, like not a sequel in the sense of a Boruto per se, but more so in like a sequel of like, all right, 
we may get a time skip and we're gonna get back to dingy. And, and the thing is, it fucked me up so bad that that could be what it is. Like, it could just be a time skip. It could be like they pick up right where they left off because it can. Like, it seems like they're setting up to be a new series, but I just don't know how they're going to start it and where they're going to go with it. Mm, okay. Because, like, well, right now, I'm I'm so, so hyped for it because I love Chainsaw Man so much, but it kind of wrapped up a lot of stuff. I just wonder what the next arc is going to be because they, like, I didn't even know we were in the public safety arc until the last chapter. And I'm like, all right, that's the end of the public safety arc. I'm like, oh, so that's what we're calling this, the public safety arc? But like, I hope I hope it's, it, it it picks up the pace and just keeps going with what Chainsaw Man does, and that's just taking me on that fucking roller coaster. Like whenever I started hitting the seventies and the eighties and the nineties, as far as shit just took a turn for like crazy. Like if it was already spiking like in excitement and just madness in the first like 50, 60 chapters, 70, 80, it was like all over the place. I'm sitting mm. there like every chapter was fucking me up. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't know what to expect. So I hope, I hope they, they keep that going. Cause like, I'm not gonna lie that, that roller coaster of emotions was one of the main things that kept me intrigued by Chainsaw Man. Cause they knew how to, how to throw you for loops and make it not feel forced, make it not feel like bad writing. It, it seems like exceptional writing. The thing I like about Fujimoto is- He won an like, award great, too. He deserves it because he's a he's like to me he's a great uh visual storyteller, mm-hmm. and I don't want to spoil anything about the end, but like there's shit that was foreshadowed, and a lot of manga I see it a lot in Attack on Titan and uh, other shows that have great storytelling. I see foreshadowing done in exposition, all kind of shit. With this, it's like you see foreshadowing in specific panels and it's mm. like that shit comes back and it's like you don't expect it when you go back it's like oh my god this insignificant thing that i didn't think meant anything now means a mm, lot something. it's like i didn't even expect fujimoto to bring it back like that so i just know he's on some next level shit as far as storytelling so i'm definitely like like how you say week to week with uh with like how you know what i'm saying we were talking about how one piece week to week is like crack and it's crack Bro. Chainsaw Man, I don't know what I'm going to do without my weekly injection of Chainsaw Man. Like, every Sunday, I feel like I'm just, like, shooting up Chainsaw Man to my veins because I needed it. No matter how crazy it was, like, there was chapters of Chainsaw Man that legit made me mad. But I was hyped to read it, and I was excited for the next chapter. I'm like, I need it. I need another one now. That means That means it's time to get on that One Piece train or the My Hero train. One of the two. But next up, we got the season two trailer of Promise Neverland dropped. I ha- I'm very interested to where this, how many episodes we get. I'm very interested to see where they stop. And this is not spoiling, but I think it's either going to be one or two things. First thing, which is the, if we get 26 episodes, we get the Goldie Pond arc, or we stop right before they go to Goldie Pond. Y'all don't know what that means, but if you're a manga reader, you understand. Or what I really think will happen, because they did 13 and they want to keep the, the thrillingness of it, we just get the forest arc in this arc and it ends with them getting the biggest cliffhanger since like season one. Like this, to me, if it ends where with just the forest arc ending and how the, what happens at the end of the forest arc to me, that's a bigger cliffhanger IMO than season one. And that's where I want to see it go. That's where I want to see it happen. But what'd you think of the season two trailer? Are you excited to get back into the promised Neverland? I'm hella excited, bro. Like, when I saw that season two trailer, like, you hit me with that out of the blue. Like, this shit dropped, like, last week or something, and I just, I didn't even notice this shit drop. I didn't see no hype about it. I'm like, you would think motherfuckers would be blasting this shit. But when I saw it, it wasn't I was a like, lot, bro. But it, it was a small, like, a little PV. 
like a little quick preview, but mm-hmm. there was a lot in that little preview. Like you saw a little spider demon looking monster. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. Chasing the homies. And I'm like, okay, so like no spoilers, you know what I'm saying? But because I, I like I can't spoil anything. I didn't read the manga, but being a Shonen Jump manga reader, you know what I'm saying? You know, they drop the promos every once in a while and you know shit makes the cover of Shonen Jump. So I see I see some blickies involved, you know what I'm saying? Like in, in the promotional. So I know we're getting to the point where it's oh, no, this be the bl- This is the blicky part. Like, and I'm not going to lie. It looks like these motherfuckers going to need something because they're little kids. They're not about to be fighting these demons. So I want to see what's going to happen with the demons, what's going to happen with the with the whole... Because they're not in those walls anymore. They're past the walls. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, very excited to see what's outside of those walls because they're very, very... Especially with season one, they were very, very picky and choosy with what they showed you outside of those walls. Yep. And now it's time to see... What's on the other side? Because from what we know, it's just they're trying to find this human world and to get on the outside is to find the human world. So maybe we'll find it. We don't know. We got to see. Got to wait and see. But shit's going to be real. And I'm excited. That's good. Look, when JJK ends and P Promise Neverland starts, that's the show we're reviewing. We got our winner slate with AOT and, and Promise Neverland. I think JJK gonna keep running into Promise Neverland. Like I think we gonna be di- like whenever January 26? comes, it's gonna be a clusterfuck of greatness because we're gonna have Promise Neverland, Doctor Stone, JJK, AOT. We not reviewing, we not reviewing DT, and we'll get. To I'm that just saying we gonna have a bit. lot. We gonna have a lot of shit to peep. No, that's a fact. And I'm definitely gonna be on Doctor Stone because, bro, they say this about to be like the. the Th- this is the time. one. I-, I heard this is the one. This is the one that makes you and a Doctor Stone. One was fan. good to me too. I'm lukewarm on it. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I I didn't think it was great. But you finished, we shall the, uh, you finished the first season. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were foreshadowing, like not not foreshadowing. But I feel like they were um they were building up for the second season to be better. Like they're trying to act like this is a whole new series. Not saying it is, but they're trying to be like Stone make it the Shippuden, like break it up, like give Doctor Stone season one its own thing, and then season two they're trying to make it to where it's like a big event kind of deal. Well, it, it's I'm like it's it's like it's Marine Ford almost, which is it's kind of the vibes I'm getting, and they're just pr- promoting it that way. And speaking on that, might as well say it, Doctor Stone season two will premiere January 14th, so you guys be on the lookout for that, Stone fans. On the 14th, you will be able to watch season two of Doctor Stone. Next up, I gotta put this in here. This is huge. Star Wars. We're getting a Star Wars anime. Shit is crazy. Shit is nuts. It's gonna be called Star Bro, Wars. Star Wars fans eating. Like, look, I, we're not here to talk about all that other Star Wars news, but the anime part of Star Wars, I'm excited for this. Chris, I know you've seen the Star Wars fan animations that they that people do with like the anime background. So I know you you realize that this show, could, this movie, this franchise, this IP could very much so work in the anime realm, especially since Star Wars is heavily, heavily, heavily damn near ripped off samurai culture and Japanese themes. Like, let's not act like the Jedi aren't samurai. Let's not act like everything they wear aren't kimonos. Like, like let's be real. So, like, this fits that, that motif in the fact that Japanese uh, anime creators are going to do it. I'm excited to see their take on it. I'm super excited. The closest thing I've seen to anime Star Wars is, well, first of all, Clone Wars. It's not anime, but, like, it's animated. Ameri- yeah. And uh, and definitely, uh, I saw the. I don't know if it was official, but it was like Toriyama artwork of like uh, what Toriyama would draw Luke Skywalker in him as, and that mm. looked amazing. I don't know if it was fan art in Toriyama style, but it looked very, very Toriyama like he did it. And I, I remember when I saw it, I, I believe that it was like Toriyama did fan art, his own fan art of Star Wars. So seeing actual anime content of Star Wars, 
I'm hyped for that because I, I know there's Star Wars manga out there. Like there's fan-made Japanese Star Wars manga, but it's just not official. Like Disney didn't give it that stamp. So just the fact that Disney put budget behind this, like if I know one thing about Disney is that they got the budget. They have mm-hmm. the budget. They have the rights to do whatever the fuck they want. And from all the other Star Wars, I know we're not talking about all the other shit, but like from what I've been seeing, like people have been pretty satisfied with everything coming out of the Star Wars verse so far. At so least I don't now. think they're going to do wrong. At least right now, Mandalorian onward. We're not going to talk about those movies, but like <laughs> Mandalorian onward, they know what they're doing. And hopefully this anime will be great. I'm definitely going to be staying tuned to this because like, like I said, if you've ever seen the, the fan animated Star Wars where they go through like all the different movies and they put like your favorite OP behind it, whether it's a Bluebird, whether it's uh, I even saw the Demon Slayer OP. They, they put all <laughs> kind of different OPs behind it, but they definitely their op on everything bro Lisa definitely definitely excited for this new star wars anime next up this is big this is like the biggest news and i don't know how i feel about this the anime streaming service crunchyroll Uh-oh. announced on wednesday that sony's funimation group has acquired crunchyroll they paid 1.175 billion dollars to acquire crunchyroll my problem with this is crunchyroll is very good at not censoring content Crunchyroll gives it to us how Japan has it for the most part. Funimation, for the most part. Funimation on the other hand, is big time censors. So like, like, what you mean? Like censoring, censoring as far as what? Like as far as the dub goes or like? Censoring in terms of like content that we see, like in terms of like, for example, with Black Clover, there's a scene in it where they all go to like the bathhouse and everyone walks up and they're butt ass naked and they like Funimation like blurred all that shit out where Crunchyroll showed a little more like it's just like Funimation has been known to censor certain things certain like certain violent things certain nudity things and it's just like I don't know if I want my anime censored like that from Funimation well I don't know because I I don't know how I don't know how nude they're getting in Black Clover but with Fire Force they was letting it (laughs) they They was letting letting it fly they was letting it fly especially for like the shower scenes and all that you know what I'm saying and I know for some things like I forget I can't I can't think of any but I know I've been like for the past few weeks I've been watching a lot I've been back in my etchy bag you feel me but uh, they do have a lot of censored versions of certain anime on um, on Crunchyroll. But there are certain ones that are completely un, you know what I'm saying, untouched. So I guess it just depends on who sells who the content or. I know Funimation, they are big with the, you know what I'm saying, switching shit up a little bit. But as far and, as. Uh, but now that they're owned by, now that Crunchyroll's owned by Sony, it's like. <laughs> whose rules do we play under? You're not playing under Crunchyroll's rules. Like, y'all are no longer with HBO Max or Autonomous. Like, y'all now have to play with how Funimation and Sony does things. I, at least I, that's what I believe so far. I'm interested to see how the Adult Swim partnership affects this. Like, the Blade Runner anime, the, the Junji Ito anime. Like, there's a lot of things that we need to see how this plays out. I'm assuming that the content that was made in the former partnership will get made and get put out. But, like, does that mean we no longer get Adult Swim Crunchyroll Originals? How does this affect the Crunchyroll Originals? I'm assuming the dubs will be now on Funimation, which is good for dub fans, but it's just like, this partnership, we gotta wait and see. It's just a monopoly, and like, when one person controls the market, they start to fuck it up. Yeah, you're right about that. And the one thing the one thing I'm excited about is, and the one thing I got questions about is, you know, I'm paying my Crunchyroll bill, I'm paying my Funimation bill. Oh, I There's need one bill, that. yeah. Who am I going to be paying? Because my thing is, bro, and it, it, it runs deeper in my pockets because Funimation ain't expensive and Crunchyroll is very affordable. But what I'm saying is, like, 
I'm paying two separate bills, hitting two separate times in a month. You know what I'm saying? At the same time, when I want to watch Akudama Drive, when I want to watch Uzaki, uh, is it Uzaki or Ukazi with the little bowl cut? Yeah. Uh, the Etchy show. Like, if I want to watch that shit, I got to go to Funimation. When I want to watch other shit, I got to go to Crunchyroll. When I want to watch a Demon Slayer dub, I got to go to Funimation. When I want to watch other shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm sitting there like, okay, so am I not going to have a Funimation and a Crunchyroll app anymore? Is this going to be one app? Or are we still going to get Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll just owned by Funimation? Am I still going to have to go to Crunchyroll? Uh, and pay I, I can't people. think of any Crunchyroll exclusive. Well, like but like Tower, Tower God. God like, uh, am shit, I still so. going to have to go there for this and there for that? Or am I going to be able to get like them the both fi- on both? The, the Fire Force simulcast, like the sub simulcast is not on fun. Like, you know, there's certain And there's things. some dubs I can only get on Crunchyroll. Like, I've been watching dub on Crunchyroll, too. I always thought before I, I, I got a Crunchyroll subscription, I always thought it was sub only. But there's a lot of dubs on there. Like, oh, I, no, I watch... Through High lot, Dive and whatnot. 100%. But there's a lot of dubs on... Um, there's a lot of dubs on Funimation that's not on Crunchyroll. And a lot of subs on, on Funimation. Like, they got... Funimation has their own... I don't want to say... Because Crunchyroll has Crunchyroll exclusives. I don't think Funimation has necessarily Funimation no. exclusives. But they have exclusives as far as like they don't have originals but they have exclusives like they don't they didn't produce something like Crunchyroll produced Tower God got a high school but they definitely have Akudama Drive and you can't see that shit on Funimation on uh, Crunchyroll you know what I'm saying that's a fact I just want some exclusivity to blend in I'm just gonna be honest the Funimation app is trash don't make me switch to that like give us VRV like at least put Funimation on VRV or Crunchyroll because like at least one thing the Crunchyroll IP is way better than the fucking VR the fucking Funimation tech or the whatever the the the, the app technology that Funimation uses is not as good as VRV and Crunchyroll. So hopefully it's we been get slowly getting better. Like it's been getting a lot better. I, I feel like they've been polishing up on some of the things that I had the biggest gripes about. It's bad. But better though. is better is 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 like you know what I'm saying a, a weak compliment when it was so bad to begin with. Not to shit on Funimation because I love them as a company, but as far as their app, especially when I was on my PS4, I don't be on a PS4 it a lot anymore. Like right now I'm on my Samsung TV. And I have a Funimation app. And the, the, my biggest complaint about Crunchyroll is they don't have a Crunchyroll app for my TV. Like, they have a Crunchyroll app for my phone. But um, as far as the TV, the Funimation app is running a lot smoother. But I have to go. And I'm glad uh, Samsung has the internet browser uh, app because I just go on Crunchyroll and I'm logged in. It doesn't log me out every time I log in or every time I go into the uh, internet browser on um on my Samsung TV. It, it runs Crunchyroll very well. So, like, to be honest with you, I... I even, I prefer running, even though I have to go type it in the fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like You prefer remote, doing like, that? And I know that's way worse. I know that's, that's way worse. And that's 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 bad to say that Fun- it's Funimation still better than the Funimation user app. accessible app. And like, I still would go on the browser the to watch. The PlayStation one is, is fucking dog shit. Oh, I can't deal with that shit, bro. Yeah, like, oh it's, my God, it's just bad. the buffer is, ugh. Yeah, it's really bad. Like, like I said, I hope we get to keep VRV because VRV is amazing. That's an amazing app. That and Crunchyroll itself. Two amazing apps, but we will keep you guys updated on what comes from this partnership and how the dice fall. But now it's going to be interesting to see now that Crunchyroll, Sony, and Funimation all are one under one banner. They're a big hub for anime now, so it's like, how Thanks. does Netflix respond? How does uh, Hulu respond? How do these other streaming services respond? But we'll keep you guys up to date. Speaking of Disney and doing Star Wars with anime, Marvel, another property of Disney, is partnering with Shueisha to do a, a Deadpool samurai manga on the Shonen Jump app on December 10th. This is huge. This is huge because not because of the Deadpool property per se. No. 
this is huge for my hero spinoffs. This is huge for my hero X Marvel. I didn't even think of that. That's I what I'm excited for. About that, bro. Like, if you could, if you're gonna do Deadpool in Shoeisha, I might as well get a like a a fan service my hero, uh, Hirokoshi, Peter Parker, Deku Tayo crossover shit. This could be the beginning of that. I didn't even think about that. I'm glad you brought that up because, bro, that's like I didn't even think about that even. Hype off because they they gave us a promotional picture with Deadpool with the pacifier in his mouth and he's like it's like baby Deadpool I could tell this is gonna be action packed and goofy as fucks I, I hope it sticks to every Deadpool trope there is in the book but um just the fact that it's situation Shonen Jump I was just more excited about it being in Shonen Jump but now like the possibilities with that being endless I didn't even think about that like my hero well, my uh, hero well, I love One Punch Man they still I that, they still got One Punch Man you could do One Punch Man x Deadpool just because they're both fourth world breakers they're both like v- joke characters like there's a lot that can happen from this partnership so and now that Disney's doing an anime I could see the manga of the Star Wars anime going into Shoeisha Shonen Jump like this partnership could lead to multiple avenues. So it's going to be Disney interesting to was, watch. Like if Disney was smart, which I hope they are, and I feel like they are to, to a certain extent, um, I feel like it would be perfect for them because they're letting, you know, Marvel, they're letting Shonen Jump get the Marvel uh, collab. I hope this is just an experimentation and I'm going to show love to this because the more love we show to it, the more potential we have in the future. But I'm, I'm thinking about it like this, like Toei, right? Like Toei is a company who does Toriko, Dragon Ball, Digimon, and One Piece. And from that, you see the Toriko, One Piece, Dragon Ball collab. So with, you know what I'm saying, Marvel and Shonen Jump collabing with Disney letting that happen, who's to say we can't get you like know, a... a the like My Hero X Marvel special on Disney it, Plus. 1, it don't have to be. It really don't have to be canon. But like, if you give me a Disney Plus, like I already got Disney Plus, or my girl got Disney Plus because we watch all that shit, the uh, uh, the you know the new shit, but um yeah. and the old the OG shit. I I just feel like if they give us some crossover content, they don't have to just keep it manga exclusive. Like they could give us an actual movie with like My Hero X Men crossover, or like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying One Punch Man fucking. Uh, Spider Man cross or like Deadpool crossover, like this endless possibilities. I didn't even think about that, but I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. That's no, nuts. that it's gonna be huge. So, like, it, this is something that we need to show support to because the possibilities are endless because of this. Next up, sad news had to put this on. This is the last story. I, I need you to, I need you to explain. I just need you to, how, as a fan, how do you feel? So, let me read it. Uh-oh. Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, the Mugen trailer movie, has broken nearly all box office records in in, uh, Japan and is almost there to overtake Spirit Away. Hasn't done it yet. Almost there. So it's made about 30 billion, uh, made about 30 billion yen gross box office. This is a little bit more than that because this week busted a good 900 million. Yeah, it might be more than that. So this is what Gotage made. So... They estimated that Shoeisha's rights, that uh, Gotage's uh, rights to the story was only around 4 million yen, with only 2 million yen going to Gotage for the theatrical release. Bro, that's bad. That, that's just... That's just a bad look. Like I know, and I know, I know the contract people are gonna be like, she signed the contract, and I know I'm the person that said that with Rihanna, uh, not Rihanna, with Taylor Swift, and with some of these rappers. But it's just like. Come on, fam. If you want to keep your talent, like, treat them a little bit better than that. And now it makes sense why Gotage was just ready to get the fuck up out of there. Like, a lot mm-hmm. of things just make sense now. How do you feel about this as a fan? 
I feel uh, a lot of different ways, but this all boils down to, you know what I'm saying? Just people with the money and the people with the power abuse the fuck out of that power. So I'm looking at it like, okay, I get it. Gotage, uh, she um, wrote one of the best-selling manga of 2019, 2020. Um, Was her first story, pretty much. First story. She's she's like, she signed that contract. I look at it like Uzi, right? Uzi came in the game. He was a nobody. He signed the DJ Drama Don Cannon. They dropped the mixtape, the 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 real Uzi. And that was kind of the experimental mixtape. Nobody really knows it because they all attribute it to Love is Rage 1. And it's not an Uzi podcast. I'm just saying, like, I'm looking at it as record labels because that's the, the the main thing I could compare it to. Bro, she got so I look at it as like she's a new head in the game. She she gets signed and doesn't know what she's signing because she's like, oh shit, I'm about to be in Shona Jump. This is like every mangaka's dream. Sure, whatever the fuck, like whatever the case may be, let me sign my soul away. So towards the end of Demon Slayer, the manga, I'm looking at it to where like Shona Jump's trying to hold her. They're sitting there like, hey, bro, you gonna do the fuck we tell you. And I remember she was very... uh. Against she it. had some kind of private uh, private home issues going on to where she needed a break. Shona Jump was cracking that whip. They was like, bitch, Demon Slayer is booting up right now. We can't take no breaks. We need that next chapter. And she was like, okay, well, fuck y'all. I'm going to wrap my manga up. Nigga, we're going to end this motherfucking... We're going to end this manga in like the next month and a half. Announce, announce the end. You feel me? So I feel like that was her being on some like... Some fuck the label shit, fuck the system shit. And I feel like that came with some positives to where she could get out of that situation. But it de- definitely comes with like they don't give a fuck about her they're sitting there like bro in the big three era when all we had was bleach naruto and one piece booting up the sales for shonen jump they needed the gintamas they needed the everything on the side to help kind of keep everything afloat but now it's like bro they still got one piece they got boruto they still got dragon ball super all the big powerhouses and demon slayer was not their only new powerhouse it was a huge one but the uh judicial kaisen's giving them that bag chainsaw man's giving them that bag promise neverland so it's i, I feel like right now and you see it with how they hold Kishimoto. Like, Kishimoto dropped Samurai 8. He's like, all right, guys, look, just, just let it be mid right now. It's going to get good, I promise. They were like, get fuck out of here. Snip, snip. We got room for, we got to make room for, uh, I, I just else. pray, I just pray because they sold the, they sold the the movie. I'm guessing that that's what this, what this means. I don't believe they sold the Demon Slayer story itself for $38,000. I believe they sold the movie rights for $38,000. And she only got $19,000. That's and see, this is my thing too. Like I understand she's not hurting for money. She's probably still getting royalties from every copy of Demon Slayer sold. And that is booting up right now. So she's not hurting for money. And she'll probably the get them on the time, next movie, but that's just shitty, man. That is shitty. But at the same time, they got 20 mils or I don't know how much it was in American dollars, but like, and when I put it into American dollars, it really makes it super disrespectful to me. The movie made, oh no, millions. look, I got you. The movie made $287 million. She made 19000 so you made 20 racks rounded up. Like, you got to round up to get 20 racks. No, if you want to round up, it rounds down to 19,000. It does not round up to 20. Really? Yeah, it's oh. not, it's not, it's not 19.5, it's 19.2. So you don't even get, you don't even get 20 racks, right? Rappers get advances that are bigger than that for an album. And all rappers have to do is stand in front of a mic and rap. They don't even have to, they get their beats handed to them. Their beats yep. are probably like 40,000. I don't know how, what the Ill- beat button wait. is for your average rapper. <laughs> I know some rappers like TM88, the dude who produced EXO Tour Life, but you could do it's it without you could, you could do it without the 40 rag beat. You could, but I just know some rappers they're paying for that expensive Pierre Bourne single. They're paying for that that uh that DJ Mustard beat. But, but, but still I'm that's besides the point. like I'm just looking at how much money goes into album. It's not as much as how much money goes into that pro, that promotion of manga and how much money goes into you know what I'm saying anime production. So I do understand to a certain extent that 
a lot of percentage of that um movie money has to go to the animators, the promoters, the you movie. She at people. least got a mill, bro. But t- that's what I'm saying. Like you couldn't have given her one mill. She made the source material. Without her, you're not getting number two best-selling anime movie of all time. You're not and getting they, that. And, and they did it on and like from what it's sounding like, it's like as the thing. As like Demon Slayer was bubbling, like right when the right when the anime was about to come out, they sold the rights for the movie like super fast before her popularity like skyrocketed. I, I pray she knocks them over the head for the next movie. Charge I'm them niggas like, ten bro, mil, fifty mil, whatever you want to charge because yeah. because you made it. it they like, may not even do another one. They may be sitting there like we not paying her shit because I feel like I, I'm they don't have like, to. They're on some disrespectful shit to where they're like, we don't even need you. We don't even need a season two of Demon Slayer. Yes, it will give us that bag. Yes, we're going to do it because we're going to get that bag. But don't ever get it fucked up like we owe you something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, like I feel like Shona Jump and Shueisha or whoever else, whoever's, the, I don't know, Vanessa, like, you affordable. I don't know who the movie producers are, but I feel like they looking at her like, hey, we booted you up. Well, you got to blame, we got you got to you, you blame Shueisha because they sold the rights for $38,000 and only gave her nineteen. But but that's how they looking at her. They sitting there like, look, you was a nobody. We put you on. Sure, you got the best selling manga of whatever. But like, without you, we're gonna do that again with Jujutsu Kaisen. We're gonna do that again with Chainsaw Man. Yeah. We don't necessarily need you. You're a peon, and you getting sassy. Okay. And I, I'm saying I don't feel like that. I respect Gotaga. She's one of my favorite mangaka. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know yeah, how I feel that, about Demon yeah, Slayer. You, you're you're the biggest fan. So like, I just know how labels work, and I know how niggas with money work. So I know they looking at her like you are a walking bag to us. And whenever you start talking back, we still gonna get the bag off you regardless. So we could treat you however we want to treat you. We could we could cut you whatever we want to cut you. We could st- we could cut you your million, and we could still mm-hmm. be eating. But since you want to be sassy, we are gonna give you twenty racks. Keep being sassy and see what happens to you. Because they still got right bro. to the anime for the next however many arcs of Demon Slayer they have. So I just, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's getting ugly, like behind the scenes. And I feel like that's why she's so, like when I look at it as how she ended the manga and how how disrespectful it was to the fans, I don't think she was doing that to the fans. I think she was giving a fuck you to them. Yeah. And I feel like they deserve that fuck you, but at the same time, they're not going to learn their lesson. We're not going to see anything good from that. They're sitting there like, bro, Onto the next bag. That's all. Yeah. That's yeah. all. She, we oh, okay. see how quick they snip shit. Fucking like, demon slayers over. We got kaiju number eight and undead unluck coming up. So like they what, got what's, the bag. They're whatever. like Shonen Jump is in their prime. Like I've never seen this many hits. Great yeah. Shonen Jump hits coming out. That's like, a fact, and and that's a problem, and that's something that like you know I just but their power. No, what you was gonna say? I just I just wish that like these creators get properly taken care of. That's all. And you know, Gotage. Exactly. I'm, not... I'm sitting there like they're drunk with power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we we always I know us in the anime community, I've seen for Neverworld talk about it. I'm sure we've talked about it several times, but the conditions of these anime studio workers, it's not very livable. It's like they crack the whip at them to the point where they treat those animators like shit. And I'm looking at how they treat the mangaka, the people who are literally creating the source material and it's like bro we gotta we gotta fight for our goats too because we fight yeah. for the the day-to-day worker that's overworking being overworked and dying in the fucking uh in, in, the, in the workplace because of stressful work conditions being overworked stressful hours i just imagine how they're treating they're treating these these creators like, i'm imagining way. you got these crazy creators that are making some of the greatest content you've ever premiered in your in the pages of your magazine and you treating them like they're like mcdonald's workers you know what and, I'm saying? I, and, I'm, and, and i bet you i bet you kishi fell away because they didn't treat him like that when he had naruto bro they and they bro, don't treat he, oda like that and they don't they, they, they damn sure don't treat with, uh, they damn sure don't treat oda and in, in, in uh fucking horikoshi like that 
<laughs> oh no, Horikoshi. <laughs> they 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 eat. I, I'm I'm sure Horikoshi and Oda are very compliant because Oda's Oda's been with Stone and Jump. I'm pretty oh, sure I, they have a good work relationship. I know they went through oh, the yeah. they went through the trials, but now it's like. But see, the thing is, if, suck my if, dick. I got a thousand chapters. Off, you know what I'm saying? If motherfucking if Oda Horikoshi needs three needs weeks off, off, they giving it to him. They giving that's it that to respect him. that they've built with the with the you know Oda's been around See, for a I don't long even time. Know if, uh, I, and, and from this story, I don't even know if I could say it's respect. I think it's because they know what that is. See, Demon Slayer at the time when it ended, I don't think they knew what that was. I really don't because, and I know you could say some of the sales from the manga represented, but there's no way you can tell how it happens when when episode 19 drops and Ninja does what Ninja does. There's no way you right. can predict that. And I feel like you're exactly right uh, to the point where you know what I'm saying they know what they got with One Piece, but not saying Demon Slayer blew up off a fluke, but they weren't expecting that. So that's just an extra bag. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter to them. Their main bag is One Piece, Boruto, My Hero, One Piece, My Hero, whatever else they got. That's the powerhouses. Demon Slayer became a powerhouse, but it was an extra powerhouse. So it's yep. like if, if if you gotta go, you gotta go. They still got other ones that like Jujutsu Kaisen's a potential powerhouse. You it's know what I'm saying? To, like, it's about to get to that level. It's about to get to that level, and that's the thing. It's like, oh, you if I, if I ever heard they treated Oda like that, not just not just America, like Japanese One Piece fans would lose their. They know, they know they can't do that. They know they can't. There's there's certain people they know they can't. I, mess I don't with. think it's a. I don't think it's above that though. I think they do know that, but I think if it came to it, I mean, look how they did Kishimoto, bro. They said but Samurai see, Eight is trash. Make it different good, or though. you're gone. It's different though because. That was Kishi. That was like them saying, "All right, Kishi, we throwing you a bone. Like you made Naruto, we gonna just rock with you because you know we got business. And if the business mm-hmm. is good, we gonna keep giving you that Naruto love. The business is bad. Well, we'll see what happens. Same thing could be said with uh with uh Kubo, and maybe that's why Tai Kubo said, "Nah, nigga, we doing it in seasons. I'm not giving yeah. you niggas all this. I that mean, it's nuts, bro. It's crazy how they treat them, and it's just." It's just something that us fans need to just be aware of to take up for, like Chris said, take up for these goats and these legends that we owe some of our lives to for creating some of the best content we've we've consumed, you know? And at the end of the day, bro, it's our dollar. Really, it's the Japanese dollar, but at the same time, our dollar goes into that, too. If some shit just completely flops in the West, I'm pretty sure it doesn't take a super hit in Japan, but at, this, at the end of the day, people are going to see. So, like, we we, the fans, are in control of shit. If we say... Hey, the last 10 chapters of Samurai 8 was mid. Shonen Jump's going to act Samurai, uh, Samurai yeah. 8. You know what I'm saying? So if we're looking at Shonen Jump, like, hey, man, we taking our money to, to Kodansha. Nigga, they got us fucking eating zero. Isn't Kodansha doing Attack Fire on Titan? We're taking our money over there. Fire Force, it's like, we don't got to support y'all. And at the end of the day, we always will because they got those heavy hitters like One Piece. But imagine you start doing Oda Dirty. Imagine One Piece gets that, like, they hit that 1,000 chapter mark, and then now you're expendable, and they make, Oda wrap it up and just ruin his series like Demon Slayer got ruined. Imagine they just fuck it up. Like, how are we going to react to that? You know what I'm saying? As the fans. Oh, the fans wouldn't react to that at all. They would be pissed. But that's all we got really for news today. Just had to just had to throw all that, throw all that out there. But we got a lot of shows to review. And we might as well start off with the one that has the least amount of episodes, which is Fire Force. We only got one episode since we've been away. And it's the season finale episode. It's episode 24. No, I think I think we got two. We got we two. The, uh, we didn't talk about the uh, episode 23. The one with, um, I'm pretty sure we talked about that one. When they first one, started two, uh, training. Did we? Yeah. Wait, hold on. I'm, I'm going to let you know. One, two, three, 
four, five, six. Did we talk about um seven, like last episode? Because we've been gone for three nine, weeks. Did we talk about the uh the ten. my hero movie? Yeah, we did. We talked about that last week. Okay, good. Okay, we definitely good. Did. Just making sure. Oh no, we might we we might have two. We might have two. We might have two. But all that happened really in, in 23. 23 was kind of weak. All that happens was that they're trying to start the training in that fucking they find they're trying to Shinra wants to know why he was able to link with Cornrow and Himbana remains suspicious of him. They find out about the doppelganger. We find out more about Cornrow's story. And it's basically them leading up to Tamaki, Arthur, and Shinra going train with Benny Maru. That's pretty much that was iconic. That was iconic as fuck too. Like I ain't gonna lie, the Cornrow shit. I, I was waiting for him to get a little bit more shine. You know what I'm saying? He got some good, some good backstory. I like that a lot. I like yeah, he, how, like, you know what I'm saying? The doppelganger was low-key, like, like a doppelganger. It was like yeah. polar, not polar opposites, but it was like parallel with him. That was, him, that was dope. Yeah, no, that was, that was definitely great. But episode 24, Signs of Upheaval. This is the season finale. Benny Morrow continues to push Shinra and Arthur to their limits to unlock their hysterical strength. Captain Huang examines uh, Conroe at Habana's request as she tries to uncover the mysteries of those who have been touched by uh, Ayadola. Man, what a crazy episode. What a great way to end season two. I think Fire Force ended on a high, and it makes me really excited for season three. Seeing it, we've been saying it all season. Shinra, bro, your weak ass better get stronger. Your ass just keeps getting bust up. And now maybe he's a little stronger. Hopefully. Definitely. I feel like he tapped into some new shit uh, with his training. I love how um, Benny Morrow made them do all kind of shit. And he was like, yeah, fucking Coral made me do this shit back in the day. I really don't know if this shit even does anything. And they was like, what? So you got to do shit? He's like, yeah, this ain't even really the training. This is pre-training. Yeah. And, and then, they was about to kill this nigga. They was literally they, trying to kill this man. Bust his, and then he, then he bust their ass. And he was like, oh, nah, yeah. now that y'all got your ass whooped, now it's time to train. Get y'all I ass I love up. seeing him show that gap. He's like, look, bro, y'all not there yet. Y'all can no. try to kill me and be serious about it, but it's not going to happen. Not there at all. And I, funny thing, we saw how Shinra got to the uh, hysterical strength. I wish we would have got to see Arthur's vision. Cause I know that, 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 cause they said he was doing it too, but we didn't get to see it from his perspective. So I would love to know what that dummy was thinking. <laughs> they didn't give that man no shine at all. Like the whole time I'm seeing, I'm seeing Tom McKee like, oh my God, he's so, he's so calm and you don't really see a lot going on, but the heat is rising and yada yada. They're just paying super attention to Shimmer. I thought Arthur but in, was in the background. But in the background, you see the same thing happening with him. And it's like, well, man, I want to know, I want to know what that dummy was thinking. Cause if Shimmer's reflecting to his mom, Arthur's, it might be on some castle somewhere. <laughs> like, who knows? Yeah, you never know. And I love Arthur's, his, his personality was good. I liked at the end of this episode how, you know what I'm saying, it wraps up. I love how the, the you know, the, the, the ending and, you know what I'm saying, they, they made it a real, season finale ending mm-hmm. but whenever he gets back with Obi and um you know what I'm saying the captain and the lieutenant and they're talking to him they're like applauding them like hey y'all did good y'all y'all did good with the training and fucking uh Tamaki and Shinra are like oh thanks thanks uh thanks captain and Arthur's the only one that didn't say shit he just smiling like nigga I know it was gonna happen like you know I'm the goat like I'm knight Arthur like I don't even gotta thank you like what did you expect you know what I'm saying exactly I just love that shit Arthur's just cocky and stupid I just love that about him he's a fun he's a fun uh rival character Yep, and now we get that the special forces are joining together. We lose the captain of the fourth. He dies at the hand of the white clad, and the white clad is getting ready to make their uh, move on the empire. So the next season, it looks like it's going to be a full 
cast of people getting ready to fight the white clad. It's going to be interesting to see how this progresses. Something's up with Burns, man. I don't like Burns. I'm not uh, Burns. It goes from my favorite character to like, hmm, that little last little speech he gave. Got me questioning what's up with him. And then the fact that him and Shinra were about to face off in the opener and we still did. We didn't see that this season. What's up with Burns? Burns got some shaky shit with him. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm so glad the I'm not saying glad because I love this season, but I'm so glad this season's over because now I have an excuse to to read the manga and catch up. Like, cause this is something now, like season one ended, and I was like, okay, cool. But season two ended, and now I'm like, this is crack. I can't have the next yeah, week I can't without wait. Fire Force content. So I'm excited. I, I definitely didn't expect them to uh to kill what was his name? The uh the old man. Oh yeah, uh the the, the Massacre. Yeah, he yeah, was the captain, captain of the fourth. fourth. I did not, like, I saw them, you know, we peaked that episode, what was it, 21, 22? Yeah, and then like uh, with 23, you see us are slowing down. They're having a quick training arc. I'm like, okay, so we're going to end the season, just, you know what I'm saying? Building them stronger. For, I didn't think we were going to, we were going to kill him on the way. I know what I'm saying? But, and I still want to know what happened with that, because I don't, it's very, that whole situation is super fishy to me. Everything about that is super fishy. I definitely need to see more, more of that, because Shira saw it. Like, Shira saw it in the Adola, you know what I'm yeah. saying? If I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, he did. He definitely so I'm, did. I'm, I'm hype as hell to see that. And, and that goes nuts. more to what's up with the uh, Idola link. And then we see fucking show is back. So that's going to mess with Shinra next season. And what's up with Humea at the end? Why was she crying? What was up? And, and Shafan was just like, man, fuck this bitch. And he just turned around. He was just like, I'm not dealing with this hoe. She gave me problems all season long. She don't even want me no more. Fuck this bitch. I'm not going to even go console her <laughs> ass. I thought that shit was hilarious. But yeah, man, I'm ready for five, four, season three. Season two, phenomenal. It's uh, season two. Probably wouldn't win anime of the year, but I definitely think it needs to be nominated. For I don't know. It's it's up there for me. Like it's definitely up there for me. Like it's definitely a contender. It's definitely one to where I can't just dismiss it as that's what as I'm saying. Far as like, like it gave me some good, 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 good moments. It, it was it, light years ahead of season one. It might be best returning show. Oh yeah. I don't even think we had too many other returning shows this year besides Attack on Titan, which we're not really gonna get the full extent of until next year. Yeah, facts. So So this definitely is a contender. It definitely. So shout out to Fire Force Season 2. Shout out to everybody who worked on it. Great season. Y'all accomplished a lot. This was... It, I like Season 2. Krista thought it was okay. I mean, Krista... I like Season 1. Krista thought it was, Season 1 was okay. Season 2, we're both on the same page. It was phenomenal. Let's jump to JJK. We got three episodes. Episode 9, Small Fry, Reverse and Retribution. Yoshi, uh, Yoshino Junpei skips school to go to a movie theater, but then he witnesses the classmates who bullied him getting their faces transfigured and dying. He chases after the culprit and calls out to them. Later, Itadori, an ex-salary man, first grade sorcerer, my guy, Nanami, stormed into the scene of the crime within the theater and encounter two cursed spirits. This is where we meet uh, one of Goju's lieutenants, uh, Nanami, my guy with the glasses. We, we get to see a fight with him and his power with his dull blade and cutting the seven three lengths and always hitting the critical spot. And then we got to see Yuji's new powers fighting a cursed spirit. He punched through, but then like, yo, the idea of them still being humans, the philosophies behind of like uh, Mahito talking to Junpei about like what the world is, what a soul is. I know we get more than that to the next episode, but very, very good episode with episode nine leading into who this villain Mahito is. Definitely. I definitely like Mahito. I definitely like the kid. Uh, what's his name? The Junpei. Kid. Junpei. Junpei. 
But uh, I definitely like how he's like the little emo kid. I definitely like how Mahito's kind of like a free spirit. We learn more about him in the next episode, which I'm going to touch on when we get there. But like, he's definitely intriguing as far as a villain goes because he's not, he's not Jogo. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He's definitely not Jogo. And that's that's definitely uh, obvious. I'll definitely uh, in, getting introduced to our boy, uh, what's his name? Which Nagami? One? Oh, Hanami? Uh, no, Nana, Nanami. Oh, wait, which one? Wait, who is is it Nanami? Nanami? Ta- talking about the dude with the glasses? Yeah. Yeah, you talking about my, oh, yeah, Nanami. I said Hanami. Yeah, it's Nanami. But yeah, him. Like, he's definitely a badass character. When as soon as he got introduced, I, I was um a fan, a uh, light work fan. But the more screen time he got in that episode, the more I liked him. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him in the future, especially the next couple episodes. He showed me he's he's he was intriguing for a good reason. Yeah, he was one of my favorites. What would you rate episode nine? No, he is my favorite character in this thing besides Goju. Really? But yeah, I'm a big I'm a big Nanami fan, especially from where his where his story progresses. Like him and Goju are my guys. But uh, what would you rate episode nine, one through five? I'll give it a strong. I'll give it a strong four. Yeah, that's sure. why. That's why I'm at four two. I'm I'm like four one four two. The introduction to Nanami, but I think he gets more characterization. And it gets better in episode 10. And yes. with that speaking, that's idle transfiguration. Itadori is placed in charge of investigating Yoshino, or a.k.a. Junpei. So he turns to his assistant supervisor, Ichiji, for a plan. Their plan uh, to have a low-level curse attack, attack Yoshino, and go- engage his response fails. So Itadori speaks to him directly. After watching Itadori ultimately drive away the teacher he hated, Yoshino decides to hear him out. Meanwhile, Nanami has pinned down Mahito's base, and he does in the underground sewers to face Mahito. Let's talk about the Junpei stuff first. I think it's interesting because we see the philosophies of Yuji versus Mahito big in this episode because Junpei at one point is like, he's ready to give it up. He's ready to just be a killer. He's ready to follow Mahito's uh, words. But then that interaction with Yuji gives him a little bit of hope and it shows that like, you could keep fighting. And I thought I think mm-hmm. that's an interesting comparison between villain and hero and then we get to see the villain really do his shit and just be a badass and him and Nanami going ham and the fact that Nanami's one of the grade one sorcerers and couldn't even light a candle to this guy just shows how strong Mahito is definitely um Mahito's definitely uh just the fact that he was throwing paws with my boy you know what I'm saying it, it shows that he's he's strong but as far as uh as far as Junbei goes that's his name Junbei Junpei Junpei, I keep saying Junbei, like I keep thinking of Junbei from uh, from One Piece, but Junpei, like I love how he's this fucking school shooter esque emo kid esque character, and how he was getting hold, bro, like they was beating his ass, bro, they like, were he burning was, his face with cigarettes, like they were fucking that boy, they was bullying that man, like yeah. This is literally how to create a school shooter by bullying him this bad. You know what I'm saying? And the he, fact the teacher never realized. You can tell he's about to be a villain. Yeah, that's a yep. fact. And the fact that he he's his homies got well, not his homies, his bullies got murked in the theater and he reacted to it the way he did, as calmly as he did. He reacts to meeting this curse uh super calmly. He's just super calm. Yeah, it's like I he didn't, didn't give a fuck about life. He's so he didn't apathetic. care. The fact that he was willing to just listen to Mahito after this guy's just changing humans into ghouls. It's like, bro, I'm not following this nigga. What? But then again, if he doesn't Man, follow him, hey, does he die? That's his bullies too. He got his he watched his bullies get fucked up. And this man had something to do with fucking his bullies up. So he's sitting there like, I never fuck my I never got to be able to fuck my bullies up. So if you don't give me that power to just be OP as fuck, then nobody can ever bully me again. I could imagine he's gonna go down that villain road with the villain. You feel yep. me? That power corrupts. Yeah, no, 100 percent What'd you think of the fight between Mahito and uh, Nanami? 
it definitely booted up a little bit more in the next episode, even though it didn't. But this one, this episode, I really did like it. I liked it a lot. It was just kind of the the highlights to, for me was um, seeing all the 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 humans. You know what I'm saying? Get turned into these creatures and shit like that and seeing how Nanami reacted to it. He was like, okay, so this is, we didn't understand how deep this shit got until mm-hmm. he started seeing how fucked up it was and seeing how uh, it, it really, it shows you why he didn't bring Yuji with him. He was like, okay, I got a peep scene first. And now that he peeps scene, now he can go back and be like, okay, so and you I definitely love, wasn't ready for this shit. I love Nanami's philosophies of like, I just being an ex-salary man, like, fuck that shit. That shit wasn't worth it. Like, I'm just doing this because it's my job. I'm actually trying to make a difference. I love the idea how he's like, Yuji, you're still a kid. Like, I'm an adult. It's my job to shade you from this stuff as long as I can. Like, granted, you are strong, but there's a lot of things that this, there's a lot of evils in this world that you might not be mentally ready for that I don't think that, like, as much as Goju thinks that you and Fushigiro are strong, like, y'all are still kids. And I recognize y'all as kids. And Gojo don't care. Gojo's trying to boot them niggas up as fast as possible so they can help him with his mission. You feel me? But Nanami is kind of more on some shit like, look, you can learn, you can get stronger, but you just, you're going to stay a kid, stay in a kid's place right now. And I, it's kind of a, like a love hate thing with that. Like, cause me personally, I wouldn't like that. I want to be like, man, let me be an adult. But I like the fact that he's sparing Yuji from seeing this crazy shit that would traumatize him and change mm-hmm. his direction of where he goes. Because yep. you could turn up like a Junpei, a Junpei kind, a Junpei kind of character where you see some fucked up shit and you become fucked up. And Nanami's trying to spare him that and maintain his innocence to a certain extent. Yep, and I think it's a perfect partner for Goju. Like he brings Goju is very eccentric. He's very about what his mission is and it's like getting to his mission at all costs anatomy kind of brings him down to even keel almost like they they balance each other out very balance. well Great so, balance i, I really I, do like no, I, my bad to cut you off but like uh i hate to go back to the naruto comparisons with the kakashi shit but everybody was saying you know initially that um uh gojo was kakashi but now I'm looking at it like they're making Gojo the Mike guy. <laughs> they're mm. making Nanami the Kakashi because Mike guy's more the goofy. Kakashi's more the laid back. And he's got that the 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 swag of Kakashi. But as far as just the more laid back reserved one, it's Nanami. And the more out there kind of outlandish one is Gojo. Gojo. And I, I like oh, seeing that. 100%. Let's get to episode 11 where the fight ends between Mahito and Nanami. Uh, Mahito corners Nanami, but he releases the limiter on his curse energy, destroying the wall of the underground channel with the ratio technique collapse, causing the rubble to rain down upon them. Meanwhile, Itadori makes contact with Yoshino and they hit it off after talking about movies. He meets Yoshino's mother, but then it's revealed that Yoshino's mother dies and Junpei goes crazy and like starts wearing all black, goes in and is like, nah, bro, Mahito, give me the power and I'm going to kill everybody up in the school. And Mahito's <laughs> plan was for this to happen and he unleashes a veil upon the school to just watch these kids kill each other and to try to uh, get Sakuna out of Yuji. And this is all part of, because I, I want y'all to make sure that y'all recognize dude in the black is the leader. Like, Mahito's like his lieutenant, but Gato, the guy that just keeps walking around Roman, that's the shadowy figure behind Mahito. So he's there as well. But that's pretty much all that happens in episode 11. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Episode 11 took me by storm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I might like this one more than the last episode, even though the last episode was kind of more action-packed. This one starts off super action-packed, but it comes to a screeching halt. And, uh... Like with the with the fight at least with Nanami yeah. and um but I love how it ended, how the, the rubble gets crumbled on top of um Mahito 
and then homeboy what's the black dude the black haired dude's name which one uh you talking uh, about uh uh gato yeah, Come like uh, Mahito Superior. Oh, yeah, Gato. Basically. Yeah, yeah, that's him. When he pulls up, I'm, I'm liking to see the whole dynamic of what they got going on. Because you see him before, but now it's putting a little bit more context to who he is, why, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, another interesting thing that uh, hit me with this chapter is that Mahito was like a baby at this point. He's a child. Mm-hmm. He's not He's not a, a grown individual. He's not a grown curse. He's new to this world. He's learning as he's moving. Like his fights with uh, with Nanami, this might be one of his first big fights, you know what I'm saying, yeah, in life. It is. So seeing him kind of learn and kind of get excited, it's kind of crazy seeing that excitement. Like, it reminds me of something else I've seen in Nanami before where you get this grown baby kind of character, but I, I definitely... And that's why uh, Nanami was like, we got to exercise this dude because if he gets his full potential, it's gonna be bad. Literally, because he's already whooping ass and he's fresh to this world. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I love seeing that. I love how Nanami uh, fished for information and dipped. I like how he kept saying, uh, Y'all gonna make me go into overtime. You're gonna make me go into overtime. And it seemed like in the episode 10 that he was I'm not saying he was weak, but he was letting himself get whooped. And then you get to episode 11 and he just boots up and he's, and Mahito's like, Bro, you're holding back. And he's like, can't gotcha. let you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, you man. think I'm just going to come? Because he was literally telling him his strategy and everything. He's like, oh, this nigga's just telling me his strategy? This dude's an idiot. And uh, Nanami's like, you think I'm really just going to tell you my strategy and not be stronger than you? Like, I'm I'm holding back. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. showing you everything. I'm showing you just as much as you need to know for you to get out of pocket so I can see what you're working with, but you're not going to know what I'm working with. Now, I love that about Nanami. He's more of like the the technical, so tactical it's a Cerebral mind, yeah, 100%. And just, man, poor Junpei. Feel bad for him. He was willing to let go of my... Mahito's like teachings after a night with Yuji, and then all of a sudden, this curse comes out probably from fucking Mahito and fucking straight up murks his family, <laughs> murks his mom. The only person who liked his mom, bro. The only person keeping him human, really. Like his mom was the reason why he said he wouldn't go down that path. And then they kill his mom, and then boom, all black nigga, he ready to go and bust up the school. And I, I definitely love the whole interaction between uh Yuji and and um and and Junpei, I really love whenever they first sat down, they started vibing, they started talking movies, and they really mm-hmm. started getting in-depth with these movies. Um, his mom strolls up smoking Joes, and he's like, I told you stop smoking Joes. He's like this little emo kid who's like trying to boss his mom around. His mom's like, I'll try, honey. I'm trying to, I'm trying, I know you're a little psycho. I know you're like a little weird motherfucker. I'm trying to make you happy and shit. And they go, like his mom invites Yuji over and they go back to the crib and Yuji's just entertaining his mom. Like, I love the fact that Yuji did like a castaway impression. I'm like, bro, I love the fact mm-hmm. that he keep going with these American references. It just shows how like I'm shocked when I hear you know shit like Titanic, like Demon Slayer passes up Titanic, Titanic and uh, Titanic in the uh, highest selling movies in Japan. I'm sitting there like Titanic was a high selling movie in Japan. So I like the fact that in Japan they really eat up American culture out there like that, and they really show you a a window into that with this because Yuji's just a regular teenage kid in Japan. He loves Jennifer Lawrence. He loves mm-hmm. Castaway with Tom Hanks. He's getting all the gems we get. So I like seeing that. Because uh, this is a this is a Japanese manga, Japanese yep. anime. It's not and American. They, made. they also have a, a Haikyuu like a uh, cutout in the. Uh, they also do like a uh, shout out to Haikyuu after they. They've been doing a lot of references to Shonen Jump, and I think oh, I yeah. think that's very very dope as well. Just the references to anime culture and then just to Western pop culture. They do a good job, man. Shout out to uh, Gage. Gage Sensei does an amazing job. Would you right. just cousin? Okay, what would you rank episode ten and eleven? Because we didn't do ten. I'm giving ten solid four five. And I'm giving 11, 4, 6, 4, 7. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking the same. I'm thinking 4, 5 for 10 and 4, 4, 6, 4, 7 for 11. Because 11 deserved it with that exposition, especially yeah. at the end when you see Junpei 
just going crazy. Bro, like that nigga, he just broke he down. Just looked different. He was like, "Yeah, I'm full emo." It reminded me of whenever Toby McGuire But then when you went see why his emo face, when, when you see why his hair's down because of the cigarette burns, it's just like fuck. And that was disgusting. Seeing that, I was like, "Ooh, that's uh, that makes me uncomfortable yeah. a little bit." And I was Made like, me uncomfortable bro. too. Yeah, and, and I like that. I like that about it. No, one hundred percent. All right, let's get to let's get to. The bombshell. If you are not caught up with Attack on Titan season four, leave the show now. Leave the show now. I'm letting y'all know because if you're still on season three, two, one, we're about to talk about four, five, four, three, two, one. Episode 60, the other side of the sea, as Marley battles the Middle East Alliance to the end of the four-year war, a group of warrior candidates on the front lines compete to be the successor of the armored Titan. How do you feel after season three's cliffhanger of now... Instead of going, because the season ends, I believe, season three with them looking at the sea and it's like, oh, right, we're going to the other side. Yep. This season doesn't start from their perspective. No, this season starts from the perspective of a character by the name of Gabby, Falco, and two other people that really don't matter. And they're uh, basically Eldians, which are, which they're Aaron's race of people, but they live in Marley. And I don't know if they explain it in this one or the next one, but basically Eldians are looked as like slaves or like just bad people. And the Marlians are the people who destroyed, uh, who stopped the Paradise War, whatever, the Great Titan War. And now they keep these Marleans under like strict rule and they use them as like war bait. And they're using them to like really progress their their uh, government and whatnot. Very interesting how Attack on Titan went from this idea of a survival story to now it's this big commentary on the world. Mm, and I love that. I love seeing where this is going. Every episode, I'm I'm getting a bigger picture of what the mangaka was trying to do, and I'm loving it. I'm loving the, the real-world parallels. I'm loving the themes. I'm loving how it doesn't feel preachy. I'm loving how it's literally smacking you in the face and showing yeah, you what is. reality is. I, I definitely like Like, bro, how- that scene when they're in the trenches... And the oh. and all the Eldians are like scared out of their minds, and it's like they're. It's just like, oh man, I feel for them people. And I, I saw it, some, I saw some weird shit on the timeline. You feel me about? You know what I'm saying they were talking about. Uh, I saw some comparisons to Sasha. I saw people talking about Gabby. I saw people thirsting for Gabby, and then I saw people checking them and be like, hey, you know she's 12 years old. And when I'm watching this, right, I'm not thirsting over Gabby, of course. But when I saw that. She is a soldier to me. A child soldier, at her yeah. Soldier. But I wasn't looking at her like a child. I was looking at her like she's the same age as Aaron and them at the beginning of Attack on Titan. So I'm sitting there like, okay, so these are just, I'm looking at like, these are going to be the main characters of this season or at least this episode. And I'm sitting there like, okay, so we're going to see. And when somebody said on Twitter, she's 12 year, years old, it put into perspective to me. I'm like, wait, isn't she trying to become the next, uh, what is it, the Colossal or the Armored Armor, Titan? The Armored Titan, because they she's don't have to become the Colossal. Armored Titan. But I'm sitting there like, so she's trying to become the next armor titan and they she's sitting there like with this idea like hey let me go out there distract yada 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 i'm sitting there like they just let her do that she is 12 years old i'm sitting there and that's that the perspective of me how fucked up this how world fucked is. up it is and they don't give a fuck about her they do at and, all and, and gabby is the perfect representation of ignorance because mm-hmm. she believes that if she becomes the armor titan she can be the best soldier and show the marlans that the eldians aren't bad but they don't realize that Baby girl, they don't care if you if you kill all these people for them or if you if you die. They don't give a fuck about you or your people. They see y'all as cattle and they fucking hate y'all. Like they Thanks. fucking hate y'all. And I think viewing it from her perspective as being this innocence, I think through this season we're going to slowly see that innocence die. 
Exactly. And I, I have a lot of theories about that and other things as well, but definitely this episode, this whole episode put into perspective, like you said, how little they give a fuck about these people. Like when you see season one of Attack on Titan and you see these, these Titans looking like low key, they just look dumb as hell. Like goofy as fuck, like run around. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sitting there like, man, these motherfuckers look like something's wrong with them and or look like they're just like, they don't look serious. Like from, from season one of Attack on Titan, the biggest threat to the world is the Titans. And mm-hmm. the thing that always fucked me up, especially watching the beginning of Attack on Titan was how throwed off these these huge beings look like their faces they just look mm-hmm. like they were unintelligible they did not look smart it wasn't until you seen colossal and armor titan to where you start seeing that these motherfuckers might be smart but when they get thrown into that water they're running around flailing getting killed by titan killers like levi and them because they're expendable nobody cares about these titans dying that's why it seemed like such a random thing for these titans to just come in and the the city doesn't know what's happening they're just sitting there like getting fucked up by these titans not knowing that it's a bigger thing but like it makes sense now that these titans didn't seem too bright because they're expendable they're throwaways like they just get thrown out there they don't care how many titans die and we saw that with a specific uh... mission we saw that with the bombing of the city of the uh, Middle East Alliance when they just dropped when Zeke just put, lets all those all of his Eldian brothers just drop off the sky and he just does his beast Titan thing to turn them into Titans and they just fall on the city. They don't give a fuck about them people. And yeah, that damn. was nuts. Like, bro, the battle in this the between thing, the Titans a, was great. A fucking. Oh, yeah. Loved it. Uh, like whenever you see this, they have a whole plane like this is not. This is not medieval times. This is not throwback. It's, These motherfuckers it, got technology. It's not what you. It's not what you were made to believe. Paradise is. Paradise is this this stoppage of time. Like paradise believes the world is one way, but no, the world is like almost to where we are. I mean, yeah. and, and and not. Let me not say almost, but like you get what I'm saying. Like they have guns. They're developing aircraft. They're evolving. And like, like technology. When I first seen the aircraft, I was like, oh, so this is the type of secrets they've been hiding in the real world. Yep. I love the fact that we're not getting the perspective of Aaron this season so far. And I got theories about where that's going to go. But as far as right now, I'm just enjoying the other perspective. When I first started watching this, uh, I know me and a lot of other Attack on Titan, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with a few Attack on Titan anime onlys. And we're watching the first episode and I'm checking with them to make sure I'm not tripping. I'm like, did I miss something? Like, do I have to go back on season three and catch up? But no, they wanted you to see this as a completely, not different story, but a different perspective. And they want to dive deep into that perspective. Like 100%, because I think it's it's important because you got to think like, okay, Aaron's mission is to save the Eldians of paradise. But like, what are you going to do when you find out that, oh, because of y'all, the whole other race of your people are treated like slaves everywhere else. How do you mm-hmm. deal with that? That and and that's the that's one of the questions that's being posed right now. At least at, at least to anime only. That's the that's one of the questions that, that has to be posed of like how will Aaron react to the fact that it's not just his people that are being on paradise that's being viewed as the enemy. No, wait. Reiner and all these people are your relative are your are your race of people and they're doing yeah. this to save the race of people being trapped by these Marleans. So who is the evil person at the end of the day? That's the question that's going to keep coming up. What would you rate episode 60? I thought the fights between all the Titans were great, but with this show, the commentary that we had, I feel is more important than talking about Reiner smashing up a bunch of fucking guns. Like that shit was dope. That was just, 
that was just great face great. value yeah all that yes it's all the stuff that's underneath the surface with this show that's great but love seeing the jaw titan love seeing all the uh, other titans come in and whatnot and the episode ends with zeke destroying the uh battlefield showing how titans are still strong so we think and that leads us to episode 61 <laughs> but what would you rate episode 61 through one through five I'm glad I'm glad you asked me that. You know what I'm saying? Cause that leads me to just I gotta throw this in there because you know I'm a big numbers guy, right? I'm looking at the the Crunchyroll news shit right now, and it said Attack on Titan final season is my anime list's biggest premiere ever with 144,000 people logging in, like labeling it as watching. And I'm a big my anime uh, list type of person right now. Like I've been on that bitch updating with if y'all want to see what I've been watching lately, go look on there. But like you know how they let you rate everything. Mm-hmm. I gave this a 10 out of 10. This is a five out of five for me, 10 out of 10, hundred percent. Like this had no lacking points episode. to me. This is a great I've episode. seen people, and I think this was more in episode two, but I've seen a lot of people um, on the timeline complain about certain things as far as animation wise. I think it's just people being nitpicky because it's a new studio. But to me, the animation was spectacular. Even the slow points where they're just showing facial expressions, everything was just incredibly on point the scene from inside the the uh the the aircraft the scene where they hit the city before when you get the trenches whenever gabby runs out every single scene was executed to perfection and i watched this episode two or three times caught different shit every time i watched it um and definitely didn't get less impressed like you know how you watch a couple things every time and you'll you'll see the same shit over and over and it kind of loses impact i watched this episode a few times and the impact hit every time like to me this is it was so well done so well written and so well executed as far as how they adapted it because i don't read the manga but i feel like i get the gist of where it was a great adaptation it was one thousand percent one thousand best premiere like best season premiere i've seen in a long time i'm giving it a five with you i'm right there with you i thought they definitely they blew my mind with it because i was i was very crazy they come out the gate with them Um, i was very interested to see how you would feel about this episode because i didn't know how they would start it but I'm glad they went with the because when I was reading it, I was like, wait, did I miss a chat? Like you said, did I miss something? But it, it all flows in when you get to where we're going. But let's get to episode mm-hmm. 61, Midnight Train. Though the, the though glad the war is over, both the Eldian Warriors and the Marley Brass realize that they neither have a future unless they finish the job retaking the founding Titan within Paradise. And in this this episode is more so seeing the reactions to uh uh, to Zeke's failure, seeing the reactions to Reiner's failures, seeing how this world has been shaped due to their failures, seeing how they uh, live inside of Marley as these Eldians inside of this. I, I, this is a spoiler, but they call it a ghetto. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna just throw that out there. Like it's a, they They're live in ghettos. Crazy. Yeah, they mm-hmm. live in ghettos, and they keep them there. And it's like I'm not gonna say anymore because we're gonna learn more. But we see, we start to see how shitty it is for these Eldians, like how bad it is. And I think Falco is very interesting as a, as a mirror to Gabby because Gabby's still this, this idea that like, yeah, I can be the great Eldian warrior and the Marlins will forgive us. The world will understand that like, we're good people. It's just fuck paradise. But nah, it's not fuck paradise. It's fuck all of y'all. It's like all of y'all. We don't give a fuck. And Falco's, Falco's slowly realizing that because he's like, y'all are sending out kids to die. And Reiner basically confronts him in a sense of like, yeah, what do you believe? And then at the end, he hits him with this like, yeah, we don't want Gabby to go through that. Like, you got to take this because you understand what it really is. And it's like, mm-hmm. damn, Falco's like, do I trust Reiner? What's Reiner's real intuition? What's his real thing? And we start to see that Reiner does not believe in what he has done. 
because he knows that the people on the other side are good people. And I think it's interesting when he's talking to his family about when he's describing basically Aaron, Mikasa, and everybody over there, when he's talking about them being savages and whatnot. And even Gabby's like, nah, bro, we can tell you're lying. And that's why your mom's not doing good. Like, you did not come back the same. Like, you're, you're fucked up. But he is because it's like he's conflicted because he knows that those people aren't bad people. And, and he knows at the end of the day, they are his people that he's destroying for these people that don't give a fuck about them. Facts. That is so nuts to, to think about, too. Like, they treat these motherfuckers bad, bad, bad. Like, these motherfuckers are bait. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much, bro. But pretty I, much. And the shitty thing is, it's like, well, Zeke, you, you're in charge of all this. Why are you just going along with this? And I, that's something that's going to get answered. And I definitely want to see more of that, too, because I want to see what the the big players in this game, what their motivations are, where, you know what I'm saying, where their, their head is. Because you see little bits and pieces of it, but you don't really get to see the full picture. Yep. And I'm speculating a lot about the full picture. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want to get too 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 deep into it but like i love how you you broke down the fact that uh the parallels between um uh gabby and what what's homeboy's name and falco falco i keep wanting to think his name starts with an r i'm thinking about rainer but um i love the way falco and gabby are uh kind of like you know good parallels because i'm sitting there thinking about it the whole time because i'm not a margarita i don't know what's going to happen after this but all i can go off of is foreshadowing all I can go off of is small, subtle details that I feel like are important. And I, I feel like everything Attack on Titan shows, that's why I watch the episodes multiple times. I feel like they show you a lot of shit and they give you a lot, even in the smallest instance. Can I, I'm going to ask a, it's a spoilery question, but it's not really. I just want to see if you, do you think you've seen any of the main cast? Ooh, No. Okay. No, I don't know. I, I'll say I, I don't just, know. I, 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 just was, I was just curious if that was part of your speculation. If I did, I didn't know it. But my speculation go, comes from this, right? And if y'all don't want to get spoiled because I don't know anything, but I may hit something and I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. I'm not so. going to answer it either way. I'm just going to be like, mm, all right, cool. And I'm just throwing it out there. So take what I'm saying. If you listen to what I'm about to say, just take it as fan theory. But I, I, I want to dive deep into my speculation of what I think this is, right? Go and, ahead. I'm I know interested. for sure the mangaka has these anti-war themes uh, since they started showing you the, the outside of the wall. You could tell that there's war going on. You could tell that it's this big thing, right? So seeing that they started this, like from episode one, I was already questioning certain stuff and I'm already getting kind of confused. But episode two kind of sealed the deal for me that what I'm thinking is right. Especially, uh, not too spoilery, but... Um, I can tell the perspective is shifting for a specific reason. When you see the original poster for Attack on Titan, you see the Titan coming over the wall, fucking some shit up. You see our gang reacting to it like, oh shit, we're getting fucked up. Now you see Aaron over the wall in his Titan mode and you see these other motherfuckers about to get terrorized. I'm looking at that to where I'm thinking the Mangaka's whole theme is there is no good guys or bad guys in war. All these motherfuckers are bad. All these motherfuckers are good. The only people who look at the other side, like each side is looking at each side as bad, but they're both doing wrong. Like yep. whenever I watched, I watched the whole dinner, uh, the whole dinner scene where Reiner and Gabby are sitting with their family, right? They're asking questions to Rainer. They're asking him all kinds of shit. And he's sitting there like just talking greasy about our gang. He's sitting there like, man, and this is my thing. I, I love this is my favorite part of the episode as far as exposition wise. They gave Sasha her props. Her legacy 
preceded her. You know what I'm saying? Like her legacy is eating that fucking potato and offering it. Like I'll give you half. It gave this nigga the smallest piece of the potato. The way Reiner talked about that was so disrespectful. He was sitting there like, this bitch disgusts me. You should have seen it. And the, the way he spent so much time talking about how she ate that potato, gave him a piece of the potato. And then she was so aloof to the whole situation. When I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it as something very innocent, very stupid. It makes me love Sasha as a character, but Rainer hates the people he infiltrated. He hates them yep. deeply to the core. Gabby d- knows nothing about them. The fact she that, hates the cra- them to the core. The crazy thing is he hates them, but he loves them. That's but the I think there's him. a fine line between love and hate. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And he walks that line. But like, I love how you said how Gabby's innocent because she's definitely, uh, not innocent, ignorant. Ignorant, Because yeah. she doesn't know, but she hates them. She has no reason to, aside from what she's been taught. The family, they're like closing the blind. They hate everything about that, the outsiders too. They hate the Eldians. Because they so feel I'm they looking, put them in this position. Exactly. And I'm looking at this shit like, okay, so our gang is looking at these motherfuckers as evil, as the enemy. These people are looking at our gang as evil, as the enemy. Neither one of the sides, and I'm looking at our side like we're just, you know what I'm saying? Like the Aaron side is just, they're in the right. But I think they're hiding in the shadows right now we're not seeing it from from the perspective of our gang they don't want to show what their plan is but i think they're about to pull up and just cause destruction so i feel like they're making us care about these new characters making us get like gabby she's a little shit you know what i'm saying i feel like i don't like her as much as some people may like her i don't like but her. i definitely like falco i like falco a lot and i feel like he's one of the more pure innocent ones he's questioning things so i feel like and this is all speculation i don't read the manga but i feel like he's gonna get the shit into the stick when that village, which I, I'm assuming is inevitably, inevitably going to get invaded by Aaron, by our gang. I feel like our gang's going to fuck up their whole shit. And I feel like we're going to see people who we think, we're going to see people on both sides do some evil shit. And we're going to see people on both sides look innocent. We just saw three seasons of our side look pretty innocent. Our side look like they're acting in defense. And we're going to see our side, in my opinion, we're going to see them act in attack. And we're going to see these new characters start acting in defense and we're going to start feeling sorry for them a little bit. I'm already feeling sorry for the situations they're living in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm feeling sorry for the Titans because, like, before you're sitting there like, man, kill all Titans. Now you're learning that these Titans are not just mindless beings. They're slaves. They're literally, they're bait. You know what I'm saying? They're human beings as you use this bait. You know what I'm saying? And it's fucked up to see how deep that runs and how we've been looking at this shit from a certain perspective and the whole show is called Attack on Titan. The Titans are the bad guy. Now you're looking at the Titans like they're low-key not really the bad guy because the bad guy is the person in charge, not the soldiers. And that's a big theme in war. Like the soldiers are never the bad guys. It's the people who are telling the soldiers what to do. The soldiers act as if they're doing something just for what they believe in. You know what I'm saying? Because yep. what they believe is what they've been told. And I just love seeing how we're starting to see that early on. Like episode two, we're seeing that these deep, deep, deep characterizations of all these new characters we've been introduced to. And it's shown like a deep insight to their perspective, not only what they feel, but why they feel that way. And it kind of makes, it kind of makes me sad. I'm sitting there like, it's fucked up that y'all living like this and y'all have no control over it. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what happens from the future, because even the fact that these guys like Rainer is talking in the same room with Zeke and all them, and they're being spied on. So it's like, bro, y'all, 
and the and especially Rainer. Rainer's the main one that knows. I don't think everybody in the room knows. I'm pretty sure Zeke knows. I, I want to yeah, say Zeke, Zeke definitely knows. Zeke, Zeke knows. Rainer knows. Rain, bro, Rainer is going through it right now, bro. That nigga was like, "Yeah, I'm a lie." He knew. He knew because if he says anything, they don't kill his ass. It's just nuts, bro. Like I, I'm definitely not expecting like out of and all they already are pissed at him. Four. They're already pissed at him because they did. They failed the mission. And they talk and about that multiple because they times. really they did I'm not saying they did a good job, but they didn't fail the mission on purpose. They're soldiers who failed a mission with good intent. Like they're not even looking at them like you did a good job. They're looking at no, them like like y'all oh, are just fuckers. Disgusting. Just, in facts, yeah, no, one hundred percent. Episode eleven, I'm giving it a four seven, four eight. It's high. I don't want to get. I don't want to give too many fives because I know the. I know we got a couple coming. I wanna. I want to give it another five, but like you it said, could be like I'm not eight. mad at it if you do. The first one was like episode one is definitely a five, especially off introduction alone. Yeah, uh, how 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 hot they came into the game, but this one was a lot, a lot, of, a lot of exposition, and I feel like it's a five as far as being an expo- uh, exposition heavy episode. But saying that it's a five on exposition, it didn't deliver you know, the action, it didn't deliver a lot of other crazy shit. So I'll give it a 4.8 just because it could have gave it a little bit more, but as far as what it gave us, bro, it, it gave us so much in 30 minutes, dog. Yeah. I don't think it's a full 30 minutes, including the intro and outro, but like they gave us so much. Like I feel like I'm eating right now. I feel like I just watched the whole season's worth of content in two episodes. We're going to see if your speculations are right. I can't say anything because I, I, like I told you off air, I know up till a certain point and then I know no more. But we shall see if your speculations are right. I'm very interested to see how you react to this season. I'm very interested to see how the anime only fans react to the season. But I'm excited. Season four of Attack on Titan is here and it is living up to all of the hype. Well, this has been episode uh, 67, my brother. Uh, Chris, tell the people where they can find you at on social media. Find your boy, you know what I'm saying? You can search, you can t- you can search fully Texas Ranger on motherfucking Twitter, you know what I'm saying? Come out of pocket right now. I'm cutting up, I'm wilding on the on the timeline. I'm having more fun on Twitter than I ever did. I'm kind of controlling my content a little bit better and just engaging with people. So follow me at Chris SJE on Twitter, at Chris SJE on SoundCloud, Spotify, Instagram, whatever y'all want to search me up on. Uh definitely stay tuned to my anime list. I don't know. Let me let me look see if it's actually gonna show because I want to give y'all the actual link. I think it's just I think it's just my anime list slash Chris. Oh, my anime list.net slash profile slash Chris SJE because I'm open to discourse on there. I want y'all to comment on my shit. Come engage with me because literally you can see every single anime I've been watching and it it lists it from what I've been watching, what I've been reading as far as it shows what I read today. It shows what I watched yesterday. It shows what I watched Sunday. And then it shows you what I watched last week. And we don't talk about everything on, uh, we talk about the heavy hitters on Anime Talk, but I ain't gonna lie, bro. I've been watching the quintessential quintuplets, Gas Pack. I, I, I would love for y'all to come watch some of that shit with me because I, I love talking about this shit. I need more, more niggas on Twitter to come hop on the, the random throw it off bandwagon because we getting season two top of next year. So like, let's go. You know what I'm saying? I'm, <laughs> I'm ready for season, like season, winter 2021. Not only are we getting Promise Neverland, not only are we getting Dr. Stone, not only are we still going to be getting JJK and AOT, but we're getting a lot of returning anime that was supposed to come in here in 2020. So I want to watch that with y'all. I want y'all to watch it with me. So come fuck with me on uh, my anime list for sure. Hell yeah. Y'all make sure y'all go follow Chrissa on Twitter and on, on his my anime list for sure. Y'all be sure to follow me at LinBWT. Follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube. We got anime content coming. We The Kira video is coming. We got a lot of stuff coming. Don't you guys worry. It's all down Manga content too. My, yeah, definitely manga content for sure. And y'all make sure y'all subscribe to this and be sure to check out all the other content on the network. But for Chris SJE, my name is Lennon. You guys have a good one. We will talk to you again very soon. Again, like I said, no break next week. We'll be back, but then it goes back to normal schedule. But until then, have a good one. Peace.